All right, Seth. Well, we're we're going to be start recording from uh, from this point. So, yeah, but, um, welcome to. Yeah, yeah, now let's start again. <laughs> start that again. Start that again. of doubt instead we're talking about vigilantes and i'm going to try and sound more enthusiastic today because apparently in the last podcast i sound a bit down so if I'm, like some, if, if I'm if i'm sounding like i'm bouncing off the chairs because i'm going to the opposite way um, <laughs> okay start with vigilantes um first and most important question joe who's your favorite superhero i'm gonna have to just go back to my absolute kid roots and say spider-man uh, spider-man oh, uh, interesting one. I wouldn't say many people would would have said. Would have oh, said I think he's a. I think he's a favourite. Oh, I, yeah. I, I think he's. I think he's like sort of all the kids. You know like him and everyone, everyone, like everyone, him everyone sort of likes him, but he's not like cool. Uh, yeah, no, but that's the thing though. Like, I don't want to be lumped into the sort of Tom Holland fanboy group. Like that. I, I liked him when it was when it was cartoons in two thousand and four. That's where well where, where my love for Spider Man came from. Oh, okay, I'm with you. How, how about you? Uh, it's it's Batman, even though like I said, he was talking about he said about superheroes, he doesn't really have any superpowers, but he's a proper he's a proper vigilante, isn't he? He's just he's just he's just so cool. He's he's just he's got all his well, it starts he's he's a multi millionaire, billionaire, whatever, and then he's just got all these really cool gadgets and just cool voice and I just I am but I'm I like it's Christian Bale as my key Batman. If you had to be a superhero, would you be Batman, or would it change if you were one of them? Because Spider Man's my favourite. I don't think I'd be Spider Man. No, I'd probably, I, I'd, I'd be Bruce Wayne, but I don't know if I'd want to be Batman. Because I think I'd lean towards Iron Man if I had to be one. Because I just, I feel like his gear's cooler, and he's got that bonus of being rich. Yeah, I, 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 I'd imagine most people would probably pick be like Superman or something, just because he's almost like the ultimate. Like yeah, true. He, he can do sort of everything. Yeah, Homelander from The Boys. Which yeah, yeah. Is very right, good. Anyway, right, okay, let's stop rambling on. Let's actually, let's actually talk about vigilantes. Yeah, um, well, you know what a good place to start might be? Just out of interest. So, uh, well, let's maybe specify exactly what we mean by vigilante. Um, because I think there's one really key difference that I want to bring up is that between vigilantes and revolutionaries, so vigilantes, obviously, we're going to be talking about non-state groups or individuals that basically seek to create justice and bring people to justice that have committed crimes or do wrongdoing. But the only thing that I really want to differentiate between in this, because I think it changes my opinion, is a revolutionary, in my mind, is someone that opposes to where the state is going and they, and they actively fight against the state effectively, whereas a vigilante almost all the time works within the law like sorry might not work within the laws but is trying to uphold the laws whereas a revolutionary is someone that disagrees with the laws or who's making the laws yeah yeah no that's you what makes, my distinction that, 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 i think that makes total sense to be honest yeah. and uh, yeah so i think because a vigilante might not like the way the government's working but it might say i still think that this is a good law and therefore i'm going to hunt people down that break it basically yeah yeah it's just saying that the the system play well the, the, there's not enough being done in that situation but they want yeah the law actually up upheld 
because there's yeah. obviously other link think things like there's gangs that literally run cities or areas of cities and historically have but i wouldn't say they're vigilantes because they're making up their own laws and rules and enforcing them yeah no i agree yeah so okay we've defined that then so that's that's easy enough um in in just a very broad question just to start with do you think vigilantes are a good or bad thing <sighs> mate I know I've said this a lot and I never give you a straight answer. I'm so mixed on this. Before we were going to do this podcast, we decided this was going to be the topic. I was like, I'm against vigilantes. I've looked at a few things, thought about a few things, and I'm really stuck now. I'm really stuck. I think oh. I would have to lean on the side of, I think vigilantes are, I would say they're probably morally acceptable. I think they, as long as they work within the confines of the law, even then I could argue against myself. But yeah, I'd say as a general rule, I support, I don't support all vigilantes, but I support the possibility of vigilantes existing. I support the idea of it. I don't know if I actually support the actual doing of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, because I don't support all vigilantes. There'll be some vigilantes that I dis- like, I disagree with their cause. Um, yeah, no, same here. And like I said, I don't... But I, I also don't think it's the general public's... Um, it's not their job to uphold the law and make sure other people are doing it. Yes, yeah, to abide by the law, it, but... Um, I said, in, in, I think in a, in general, the the word vigilante, I don't fully agree with, but I think we're we're going to obviously talk about it further in. Smaller acts of it, I do agree with. So I, yeah. I think it, it, it is because, uh, like I said, we started off as superheroes because we want. When you think of vigilante, vigilante, you do think of someone who's fighting crime at night and doing everything they can. Um, and I think I think that's a good place to start. And I think we can probably get further into it. And then about people doing smaller little things, which probably most people have done very tiny bits of bits of it themselves. Mm. Um, but... So, um, yeah, because I guess like I agree with you, starting with sort of superheroes is quite good because we can kind of sort of agree that they're good at their job generally. Like Batman's quite an effective vigilante. Yeah. So if we, if, if we look at if we look at Batman, the only reason he is a vigilante because the Got, like I said, Gotham City isn't being, it doesn't have the funding, it, it isn't being run amazingly well, amazingly well, and these gangs and these others, others like the bad guys in it, but you can think of the bad guys as people who break the law, who rob, who in charge of like gangs and drug cartels and etc, etc, um, and you think it's 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 almost gone in that way, it's almost gone too far that normal people can't, or the actual law can't help them or can't stop it from going on. But also you've got to talk about a lot of the superheroes are breaking are breaking the laws by things they're doing. They're, they're physically abusing people. They've got, no, they've got no right to arrest people or to beat people up. Um, and how important do you reckon do you think because i think one of the big arguments against vigilante is sort of vigilantes and i think this is really true of batman is accountability like how important is accountability for law enforcement to you is it how how highly in the sort of everything uh a law enforcement should be how high up does accountability rank because i guess my my problem is like if batman makes a mistake arrest the wrong person or what happens if batman has like unconscious racial biases and like goes and beats someone up because he, he assumes someone did the crime that didn't or he focuses on certain crimes like he goes and it does only does 
physical attacks, but doesn't ever think it doesn't think about other crimes that he doesn't deem as important. Um, so one of my sort of issues when I was like, thought about this originally is like obviously that level of accountability. Yeah, no, I think I think that's a point, isn't it? Because like I said, do you, how far it's like it's like when you it's like when you talk about the police and say they they know someone's they so they they know who the killer is or something like that, and but they've got no evidence on them, but that they and they're hundred percent sure they know exactly who it is, um, and but then it's sort of that situation where they could place a bit of evidence on them or something like that, which is totally illegal, but then they know it's doing... Yeah, it's, it's getting almost, the right outcome. You're getting the right outcome of it. It's, it's sort of, where do you draw the line? Mm. I, 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 guess, I guess my issue is that it's like, the problem is as soon as we sort of accept vigilantes, especially, especially it's scary with people like Batman who are insanely powerful because of their money and because of their resources... But like that's all well and good if that person is good. <laughs> like, well, that- I think I, I think that's the main issue with vigilantes, isn't it? And that's also um, with the superheroes. Is um, is it is it in Bad Boys that where they're, they're rooting against having um, superheroes because they yeah, the boys, they're, yeah. They're, they're so powerful. There's no one can control them. Um, they can start doing bad, and no one's going to be able to do anything about it. And that's what I said. We all live, we all live within these rules. So I said, even the police. Again, they don't. There's bad police, but they they they've got to abide by these certain rules because these rules are in place to look after people and make sure that no so, one's take, trying to take advantage of the system. Because unfortunately, people always try to take advantage of the system. Um, like said, there, there are corrupt, like there is corruption in the police. But I guess the idea is that we have politicians that basically run the police force and choose what's funded and stuff, and then we can the the public can as effectively can control that. I mean, it might yeah, but that's, not but always. That's, like that. But that's what I'm saying. Like I said, the, the those like the police and the army, they would have laws and rules what they can do and can't do. Um, and like yeah. I said, if we have vigilant vigilantes, they're not being <clears throat> they're not really being controlled. By those <clears throat> unions or law, uh, so much laws, and there's no one to really hold them up to the accountability of doing it. I agree, and the thing is that I think that argument stands even if they're not like, because I, I think it stands even if we're not saying they're evil or they're terrible. Even like, so in the boys, for instance, they are actually horrific. Um, <laughs> the superheroes in the boys, in the boys, for instance, the people that basically run and control all the superheroes, they basically only go to crimes that they know polls well with people for popularity. So, like yeah. in a certain area, it, like they'll go, they'll help like the white neighborhoods because that place is because the black neighborhoods are seen as really dangerous, and therefore people don't really rate it when the superheroes are protecting them. But if they're protecting the white areas, they get really they get strong approval ratings, and then their their value and their product value increases. So they're still saving people, but the thing is, there's no, there's no accountability on who they're saving and why they're saving them, and which whereas at least the police force publish like their funding, they're saying right. This is how much funding we put on into these crimes. This is how much funding we're looking at this crime, um, and you and then politicians can change that. We could have policies that say, right, I'm going to increase funding into preventing violent crime, or I'm going to increase funding into cybercrime. And at least there's some transparency there. But with vigilantes, you don't get, you can't get that at all. Yeah, no, exactly. And there's no one. I said there's no one checking over them to to see what they're doing, and and 
and a, a lot of the time they can they can sometimes get in the way of helping as well they think they're going to help but really they're, they're actually making things harder and and getting sometimes getting get, getting in the way um mm. instead of actually helping but if you say if there was a real life superhero say there was this let's say spider-man because you pick spider-man if there was a real life spider-man would you encourage it encourage him to be to be on the scene and be be a vigilante or would you want him to be out the scene and just do just do other things you know it's so interesting and i will i'm going to answer your question so i'm basically going to say it's hard because if i know i basically say no I, i wouldn't want vigilantes involved because of this accountability reason i don't know all their motives i don't know that they're completely just and we can never know that they're unelected my issue isn't in this situation is let's say i was walking down the street and i saw someone getting mugged right would I go out and try and intervene if I had the power to do so? Like, not even have a superpower. Let's just say I'm bigger and stronger than the mugger. I could stop them. It's a kid and I could, like a teenager was mugging an old woman. Could I, and I could stop them. Would I stop them? Yes. And then what happens if I knew that that's where those teenagers always hung out and always tried to mug people and I could do something about it if I walked past there every evening just to make sure and told them to clear off? Let's hypothetically say I had enough authority to do that, which I doubt. I guess my point is, is at what point it's interesting we say, I'm ag- or I say I'm against vigilantes, but I want, but I think we should help people and we should defend people when we have the power to do so. If I'm Spider-Man and I've got the power to shoot webs and stop criminals on a large scale, why don't I have, why I'm asking myself this really, why don't I have an obligation to do that? You see yeah, what no, my point is? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with you totally because, but I, I, I wonder if, if it's something to do with, so some of these vigilantes, they're always they're out there looking for 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 the crime. They're, that's what their that's what their objectives in the day are to do is <clears> to go and do that. Whereas in like the situation you gave, um, you, I, I'd hope most people would try and do the same um, if they saw someone in stress and then try and help them out. If someone's there trying to steal from them or try to beat them up or or something like that, but I, I feel we're not we're not out there looking for it. But but again, he, he... if you're out there looking for it, you're stopping more muggings. Like if 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 I'm just waiting for it to happen in front of me, then I'm not really protecting people. I'm just I'm protecting one person. Whereas if I'm out there looking for it, knowing I could stop them, and I find ten extra muggings a day, isn't that a better thing for society because I've saved more people? Yeah, and uh, and like I said, I think um, I, I we we discussed this briefly before we came on. I'm I'm gonna. Bring it, I'm just going to bring it up now, but we talked about, we said about the paedophile hunters, didn't we? Um, and like I said, and if people don't know what that is, that's what they, they basically go online, set up a profile as someone a lot younger than themselves, so like an underage girl or something like that, and then they they message these people, and then they get them to meet up, and then what they do is they basically then record them, um, meet, meeting them up and said, oh, you were meant to be meeting this 14-year-old girl here, and then they post it all over social media, call this person out. Um, send which it to as well. and send it, yeah, send it to police, and I, I and I think most people when they first hear that would be, I'm on board with that. Then yeah, that this that's um that's calling out the wrong pe- that's calling out the wrongings in our society, the 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 paedophiles. Um, but then it does have a downside of where it's happened in the past where they've people have been wrongly accused of things, and then people are then going to take their lives. Or yeah. in situations like well, that, 
in, even in the documentary, it's on Netflix it's called Pedophile Hunter. It's actually really worth watch about an hour. And um, even in the situation, one the, there is a guy who kills himself, and it's although it's never proven in court, it's almost certainly that he was the one that was well, basically he was the one that was going to go try and meet an underage girl, and he still committed suicide because he'd been caught. And what's and what's really interesting is that he has a he actually had an ex-wife and a daughter. What's really interesting is that the justice system would have punished that person for being a paedophile, but hopefully would have managed it in a way that he didn't commit suicide. And paedophilia is obviously a really sort of extreme example because there's debate about whether you can be rehabilitated from that. Particularly with other crimes, we would try and rehabilitate, rehabilitate people, ensure that that person <laughs> didn't commit suicide, that daughter would still have a father. So it's interesting that in the paedophile hunter they almost justify they don't they say it's they don't care that he killed himself because they said they didn't force him to and they play a thing by the book and this is again comes into that accountability question that and that's the other thing and i, and I think and I, I said i'm gonna say now I, I don't agree with him thinking he was messaging someone younger and meeting up with someone younger but also he hasn't committed a crime yet because he hasn't done anything and i know it's probably most people are thinking i probably and i think as well that if it did stop it from act him actually doing something to to an underage girl then that that is sort of beneficial but who's to say that he would have just met up with her and then just not done anything and then just sort of being and then and that was it and being like oh, i that was a stupid moment i'm definitely not doing that that's just it's ridiculous um, we, we do have well that's actually might be an interesting question slight tangent is about um in obviously most countries have attempted crimes as a crime and it carries less of a punishment so we have murder and we have attempted murder and you usually get less for attempted murder than you would for murder and what what do you think about that punishing people less because they tried to do something but failed as opposed to someone that tried to do it and succeeded um again uh, there's probably going to be different situations isn't there there's going to be is that something so let's talk about murder is it is it someone who then got most of the way to attempt them to do it and suddenly backed out or is it someone who got stopped or or thought they'd killed someone someone that backed out wouldn't wouldn't fall under attempted murder i don't think they wouldn't they might get conspiracy to murder but if, oh would you not so even if you if i if i took a knife to you and then i backed out last minute and never tried if i was if i went drove to your house knife in my thing, got to your front door, opened the door, and then I backed out, I don't think that'd be attempted murder because what I never actually tried to kill you. What if what if um you drove round to my house, you stabbed me, as soon as you stabbed me you went, oh, I shouldn't have done that and then made sure and then helped me, called an ambulance and things like that. Would that still be attempted murder? And I survived. Would that be at, attempted murder? At the point of me stabbing you, was I trying to kill you with the stab? Yeah. And yeah. I think and so then suddenly you just sort of went so, yeah, in this as a total hypothetical, we probably don't need to get properly properly into that anyway. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I think that I think that I think it's yeah, it's interesting because there is a thing with in policing. If you watch police documentaries, that they'll when they're particularly when they're following drug dealers, they wait until the deal actually happens before they arrest them. And like, it's quite controversial because it's like, well, you're going to let people commit a crime and potentially do harm because you want to catch them in the act. And like, for instance, if you if you catch a drug dealer in conspiracy rather than the full crime, they might go to prison for a month and then they're back out again. But what you want to do is, and particularly when you're tracking down drug rings, you let the dealers all deal. You let everyone do drugs, sell drugs, because you're trying to catch the top dog. And that's really yeah. interesting when the police are like watching someone commit a crime, 
but they're like, we're not going to do anything about it because we'll only put them away for a month or two months. And we want the person at the top that we can put away for life. And that's interesting yeah. in itself. I had some questions written down. Um, well, okay, this was one of my arguments that kind of swung me around to the idea of um, being okay with vigilantes. And it was sort of, a, we sort of discussed it slightly. I sort of alluded to it. But I, I was reading before we came on about some philosophers called John Locke and Thomas Hobbes. Um, and they are enlightenment philosophers and they're basically really big on when rights started becoming a thing in philosophy, when we start talking about what your human rights are, about the rights as man to do what you want. Basically, yeah. one thing you're allowed to do is protect your rights. So they talk on a personal level. We're allowed like self-defense and things like that. But they also imply and talk about protecting the rights of others, like your family, your friends, your country. You can protect the rights you've created for yourself. So if I've got the freedom to walk down the street, I've got the a, best, a good, better example is I have the right to private property. I can own things. Therefore, I'm allowed to defend myself when someone tries to steal them, try and take that right away. Is vigilantism not just an extension of an individual protecting themselves and others in society? Or, or is it basically, is vigilantism a form of self-defense is what I guess my question is. What do you think? I think, I think it can sort of be under both, really. Um, I, I don't, does, does it have to be? I don't think it has to be one, do you? I, th- I, I think it could be under both. What, as a vigilante as a vigilante because if you are just protecting your own if you, your own property or your, your your own thing you'd be you'd be counted as, as a slight vigilante or would you count maybe i'd count a vigilante more as more as someone who stops from other people stops from people doing th- something to another person uh, actually yeah, i think i think that's what i i i wouldn't I, I would say self-defense is different to being a vigilante, I think. Because um, I, I don't know if I fully agree, because, for instance, like, like we said, the paedophile hunters, um, or um, there's a really interesting gang in India called the Galabi Gang. Um, and the Galabi Gang are basically an all-female gang that go around and basically beat up men with sticks that have committed rape, because the state in lots of the local governments in India basically don't see women as important as men, so they don't prosecute sexual crimes. Right. Um, so they go around beating up men with sticks in the middle of the night. It basically deters them. So men in those villages and those towns basically have a de- have a deterrent from committing sexual offences because now they know they're going to be they might not be punished by the justice system, but they're going to be beaten up in the night. And it might not be the, the women doing it might know they're not going to be the next victims, but they're protecting either themselves or other women in their communities by creating a deterrent. And I'm. I'm just wondering whether that is, I kind of lean towards the idea of that being self-defense, if not of yourself, but of your community. Does it count? As, I don't know. I don't think it counts as self-defense if you're protecting other people. I think you're out, you're almost out there trying to do the greater good for, for your, for your community, like I said, your community rather than just self-defense. I feel like self-defense is just, self-defense to me is 100% where you, you just protect yourself. Um, yeah. Well, that's an interesting question. I no, don't know. Because I, no, I think, again, if you've been a more of a vigilante, sometimes you're going out looking for it. Whereas in self defense, is when someone's attacking you and you've got to defend yourself. Okay, let me make it. Let me let me make a case for for, for why. I agree that not usually vigilantism is going out and trying to like do crime, uh, prevent crimes, it isn't part of preventing crimes, making sure that 
criminals can't reoffend. So, for instance, the paedophile hunters literally are trying to prosecute and try and give evidence to the police and straight out on social media paedophiles. So they don't try and go and catch paedophiles in the act. They basically try and find paedophiles and get them in jail so then they can't do it anymore. Yeah. And, I'm, and, and I understand that whilst those people doing it weren't children in and of themselves, if the, I, I think self-defence probably can extend to extensions of you, extends to our property, it extends to, I'd say it extends to our family. For instance, if someone tried to kidnap a child of mine and I tried to fight them off, I would count that as self-defence. I just did, like kidnap a child. I, and I, I, to an extent, I'd say it passes to our communities, whatever you see your community as. Would, I don't you, would, would you count individual acts of vigilante? Like, say, if you just did it a one-off, would you count that as a vigilante? Or would you say a vigilante is someone who's always doing it? I'd say always. someone that's created some sort of structural system for doing it, like tries to do it regularly. Yeah, regularly I, 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 think, I think someone who does it on the regular, or even if it's over like a month or two month period where they're just constantly doing it i, I think i i take that more as, more as a vigilante so i don't think the people just one off can be counted as as, as a vigilante i agree um we'll change attack then oh hey liz hi hey liz hi how you doing yeah you can come on to the next question yeah what is it we're about to ask you a new question my next way Right. Hi. Hey. Yes, yeah, fine. Okay. All right, next question. This could have come at the top, really. You, this is for both of you. Um, what is the purpose of justice? Why do we have a just... What is justice? Why do we want it? And why do we have a justice system? Why do we punish people? Why do we catch and punish people? Well, because if there wasn't any any downsides to breaking the law then there's no real point of having having a law if people are just going to take advantage of it and break it it's got there's got to be structure in place to show what happens if you do go outside these rules yeah so so do you think the justice system is a deterrent like is that the primary primary purpose of the justice system to be a deterrent yeah, so. yeah, I th- yeah, d- deterrent, um, and to keep you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say motivated, but along those lines to stay within the rules. Chris, do you have an opinion on it or no? Yeah, I have an opinion. Go then. Uh, justice is for, um, to, to make people pay for what they've done. If they do something bad, then it means that then they can get punished for what what they've done, basically. So sort of like to create some sort of sense of what? Oh, but yeah. Wrongdoing. It's like yeah. make, making people know if they've done something wrong. Yeah. So to yeah to create some sort of equality or justice retribution. Yeah. Interesting. Well, as you guys might know, um, I've done a law degree or two. No. Um, and there were like, there's like different theories of what the justice system's for, and you just banged out two of the two of the principal four, so deterrence and retribution. I didn't say retribution. You wrote that, and then you said that. Yeah, no, but what you described as retribution. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Goodbye. Bye. Right, thanks for dropping in. Um, Jacob, would you um, 
What's your opinion on the death penalty? Pretty big deterrence. It is a very big deterrent. Um, so I'm not going to talk about whether I think it's the right or wrong thing to do, because I, because I, because I can agree with both sides. Um, so if however, there's a referendum today, if there's a referendum that we can reintroduce the death penalty. Would you vote yes or no? I I would always vote no because <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say whether I agree or disagree with it. Next time. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'd always vote no because, um, and it's been proven over and over again in history, people who haven't committed the crime have been um, sentenced to the death penalty um, and, and then have and then at a later date been found out they're not guilty um, and then it's too late. Whereas I know if someone gets put in prison and they're, and they've been wrongly accused and they've still been put down put down um at least they then if the, the evidence then comes out to prove them not guilty at least they then still have the chance to come out and actually live the rest of their life i got two questions off the back of that um and i'm avoiding falling into my groove of grilling you um my first question is kind of tongue-in-cheek a bit but does it matter if we the wrong person it's killed with the death penalty if the purpose of the justice system is to be deterrence. Because yes, there's someone, someone innocent's been killed, and if you're innocent, that you shouldn't, you've been living by the rules, you haven't broken the laws, and then it's you're not living in a, in a just society. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Uh, my second question is: Would you check? What would you change your mind on whether we should have the death penalty if we can guarantee we got the right person a hundred percent of the time? I uh I knew you'd, I knew you'd ask that. Uh, <laughs> I like I said I can sort of I I'm, I can understand when people say if someone takes a life they should be have they it should be the right for their life to be taken as well. But where I disagree with that is I don't think anyone if you're saying they don't have the right to kill someone who gives you the right to kill them? I agree. I agree. And and uh, and that's and, yeah. So yeah, but uh, is the right is the right justified because they broke the rules and they knew that that would be the punishment before they did it, as opposed to a murderer who murders someone. It, like you said, what, one, of the, one of the very first things you're taught is a is a kid is a kid is two wrongs don't make a right, and I think that is the perfect situation for for the. To, to answer to the death penalty. Even if we have to put that person in jail for their whole life, we have to pay for them to be in jail. Um, they're a serial killer with psychological problems. They don't, they don't have any chance of reforming. We just have to pay for their food and upkeep for the rest of their life in jail. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, you can carry on grilling me for this. I'm quite enjoying it. Um, I completely agree <laughs> with you. Uh, yeah. it, it's the same... So it's the same if we've got someone who's very, let's say he said he's meant that the murderer is mentally ill anyway. Yeah, I wish I had said that. We've got other people in society who are mentally ill but aren't harming anyone that we look after. We've got elderly who can't look after themselves. We've got disabled that can't look after themselves. Do we just put all them down as well? Because well, no, not, I guess my point is they're, they're innocent. They're, yeah, but they're not benefiting. They're not benefiting society. I think part of Part of the society we I live in. Mean, that sounded harsh. We, but yeah, we, we we have to we have to take 
we have to take the bad with the good. We have to. Everything isn't amazing and lovely. There are downsides, and that that is that is part of it. And we have to look after. We have to look after the. We have to look after everyone. So that that's coming out of our taxes. If if just because someone isn't right in, and probably doesn't doesn't belong in in a community, we still have to do what's human, uh, which which is human, humanly ethic, ethically right to do for them. I agree. I think like call me like I don't know. I'm sure there's plenty of people that would call me a snowflake for sort of saying this, but like I, I do believe that particularly people that even committed the most horrific crimes there's something that's gone wrong with them mentally or another upbringing that have led to that and to oh yeah and, and to punish them to punish anyone for any reason is always a shame and for me that's why i asked the question earlier about what is the purpose of the criminal system and not that i necessarily agree but if the purpose of the criminal system is to be a deterrence then fair enough if the, it's also to protect people i'd say put people in prison and get dangerous people away from everyone else and I think we can do those things and punish that person. For me, for me, the criminal system is not about punishment. I don't really agree with Luce. It's not about retribution to get back at people or to show them they've done wrong. For me, it's more about how can we protect society and protect individuals? Can we reform them and can we protect society? And I agree with you, like, just because that person, even if they have committed the most horrific criminal offences, let's still treat that person like they're a person and try and help them and support them in the best way possible whilst protecting society yeah. and giving so, them a chance. Yeah. So, so going back to going back to the death penalty, I think the only real way it could ever be in real contention of being brought back in to say for the UK, I think the only real way you could actually accept that is if us, like I said, let's stick to the UK, so we had, a, we had a full society and there was every measure in place to make sure that people who are mentally ill had the right support, always had the structure around them to make sure they 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 were in the right place, had the right medication, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There was never any kids brought up being abused or wrongly um, by parents, um, and then so everything was amazing. Every, they had all all the right uh, mm. everything right in place for them and, and there was no reason why anyone should ever harm anyone because there's no there's no there's no there's no poor people there's no um yep. there's no mentally ill people who shouldn't be on the streets on the streets um there's always people getting support and then you say okay someone did then kill someone it's because they actually wanted to <laughs> wanted to there wasn't any there was no bad upbringing there was no no mental inside and i think that's the only way you can ever talk about bringing the death penalty in until then because it's like i said if you like i said you see some horrible piece of work who let's say is is killed has killed someone but if you if you probably went back 20 30 years and saw all their issues that they'd been put through and done you'd probably then feel a lot more sorry for them. And then as them as a kid, you'd be like, oh, we need to get this person out of the situation. This is, is terrible. Can I, can I give you a really good example of that? And I really want to run this as a whole podcast. Um, I haven't set a timer actually on this one, so I don't know how long we've been going. But so if you listen to this later and we're about three hours in, I apologise. Um, is there is, um, uh, is it Joseph, Joseph Coney? Do you remember there was a whole thing at school? Everyone would be like, Coney 2012. I don't know. It was a thing. Joseph Kony basically was a African warlord, and the UN have got a current um, 
call out to have him arrested and brought to justice because he's basically responsible for tons of genocides. One of the crimes he's really um, on the wanted list for is using child soldiers, basically going to towns, killing all the adults, using the children as children soldiers. He's got something like six or seven of his like most senior generals are also on the wanted list. Out of the eight of them in total, they've only got one of them, and I can't remember the guy's name, but he handed himself in, and he's currently in front of the criminal court. The reason he handed himself in is because he is responsible for all the same crimes, genocide, arson, everything, like killing, murdering. He was conscripted as a child soldier. His defence is the only way he could survive was to do what he was told, survive, kill when he was told to kill, bearing in mind he's a child, do anything the generals and the warlords said. And because he said yes and did whatever he could do to survive, he was promoted through the ranks. And after 20 years, from being the age of like eight to like the age of 30, he was then one of the most senior people and he was telling people to commit those crimes. And I'm just wondering how morally or, and legally accountable should we hold that individual if they were a victim of it, but then became a perpetrator? Where, where do you, I, this is a whole podcast I'd love to do. Um, yeah, but, that'd, that'd be an interesting one. That I, I, I like the idea of that. But, um, it, and it's because I, I think, again, you've been stuck in those situations where he had no choice, but you've, and there's a part of me that still thinks he should be held for some of his, or a lot of his crimes, but again, not to the standard of where it's going to be a death penalty because yeah. I know he's taken a lot of life and done a, a, a lot of bad, but like you said, in that situation, he had no other, other option. Where, where, where do you stand on that? Yeah, well, I, I find it really hard to almost justify punishing him at all. And the reason is, is because even if decisions he made later in life were free actions and he had free will, his whole psychological complex has been completely manipulated and changed from the moment he was conscripted as a child soldier. He learned that that's what you did to survive. That's how you lived your life for 20 and, years. And also, let's even if he... Um, let's say probably a lot of the other people in those situations... They've been brought up and praised to think that's the right thing to do. They have no other, they have no other concept of what's of what's wrong. Um, just because we think that's wrong, that that's what he's been told yeah. since he since he's a kid. And like, you think you go back to you as a kid, your, your parents will sometimes tell you things, and you'd be like, oh, really? And then yeah. you look back as an adult, and you go, oh, wait, wait, that wasn't true. That's a total, that's a total lie. My parents and, told me it was against the law to have fires upstairs in like up like on the first floor of a building because I had a fireplace in my room. And for my in, honestly, until I went to university, I thought that was a law in the UK. Um, and I found out it wasn't. And it was just because my parents didn't want me to start a fire in my room. Yeah. So and and again, it's it's how can if people haven't been properly educated and brought up, then should they they can they should they be held in the same regard as that we've gone really far off vigilantes now <laughs> no, it's interesting. i think um yeah the last thing i'd say on that is um there's a really cool documentary on netflix at the moment well worth watch called keep sweet um four part on a cult in america and really interesting basically about how they abuse their power but the guy that ended up at the top of it he was born into it when it was a cult and he was told from day one he was special and he ended up becoming the head of the cult he abused basically the cult believe men were very superior to women they would sell women off as brides particularly underage women and it was basically led it was a whole system of abuse 
he was brought up in this religious cult where he genuinely, well, it seemed that he genuinely believed that was the will of God and how you should live your life. It's really interesting that he was told from day one, you're special, you're important, you're basically the next prophet. And that the the way we live our life from day one as a secluded society is that this is how we use and abuse women. And so it was really interesting, again, another example of someone that's been brought up through and then to what extent you can hold them morally accountable. But yeah, on vigilantism, but I guess it's a, I guess it's in a way it's sort of off vigilantism, but it's about that concept of justice. Yeah, no, it, yeah, no, it is. And, it, and it, what's justice about? Yeah, I, I think I think it's just a, it's always a clear example. There's nothing's ever as straightforward as we think it is or it's perceived. I think everyone thinks everything. Pe- people will read something and think it's very straightforward, or see someone do something and think, well, well yeah, they're, well, they're, they're a terrible person because they did that and they haven't seen what's happened beforehand. And even though they are breaking the law, there's there's a lot of issues. But I think that's what we come from from death penalty. Is just that's why, unless we live in a in a perfect society, then a death penalty can't be shouldn't be introduced. How do you, how do you feel about? Because um, I was just thinking about how these sort of how this did yeah relate back to vigilantism. And I say one thing is that. If we have vigilantes, if we don't have vigilantes, then we can change our concept of justice through democracy. So if we think justice should be really like it was in the Middle Ages, like hangings and putting in the stocks. Well, you only, you only have to go over to the Middle East to see a exactly. lot of things. But stoning still for like homosexual people. And I guess what I'm saying is that through democracy, you can change your concept of justice over time, but you can't guarantee that with vigilantes. And a good example of that might be when... For instance, if a, a paedophile might be a good example, but another thing like um, Ched Evans um, or any, I guess, anyone in the public eye that committed a horrific crime or any crime goes to prison for a period of time, then comes out, then they still get lots of abuse from the public. I'm thinking sports players, they go out onto a football pitch and they get abused because of crimes they committed. And that always leaves a sour taste in my mouth because whilst I don't agree that their crimes were good at all, particularly in the case of like Ched Evans, then... If they've served their punishment and our justice system has has given the punishment out and they've served that punishment, I then it's almost like it leaves sour and taste in my mouth, mouth when groups or vigilantes then start posting, like when, for instance, with a if a paedophile leaves prison and then there's all posts about, or oh, they've moved to your community, you've got this person living in in your community, and I understand why people do that. I don't know. Where do you stand on that? Because it kind of feels weird to serve that I can understand it, and I think you'd probably think majority at the time you'd be at risk, but you're going to have that small percentage of people who do. Or well, it might not even be small. You'd have, you'd have a percentage of people who who will serve their time, realize how horrible of an act they've done for whatever it is, and then have to live with that their whole lives mentally knowing they've done that and that will be that will be a demon within themselves that they can't get rid of but then at least they can sort of try and live a normal life but then when the vigilantes then come out and keep bombarding them with things they've done in their past that they've they've served their time for they've they've realized how wrong it was they regret it every single day and it's just then make it's making their lives even more of a hell than than it is but 
again, sometimes it's hard to feel sorry for those people, and uh, and you can understand that as well. I agree. I think yeah, I I fully agree. Um, there's lots of yeah. It's like why do we people ask why do we have lawyers for like most of it criminals? It's like yeah, it's really hard and interesting. 